There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. It's Friday, August 5th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Today, we spend the whole episode on monkeypox, which the Biden administration declared a public health emergency. Today is the first day D.C. is holding its pop-up vaccination clinic for monkeypox, and Luke went down and spoke to some of those waiting in a line that wrapped around the block. I've seen that numbers have gone higher uh, and things. I do work in nightlife uh, as a drag queen, and I'm also worried about that kind of stuff. And then we talked to Dr. Anthony Fauci about this contagious virus and whether we should be changing anything in our daily lives to better protect ourselves, even if we are not in the population eligible to get a vaccine. There's a difference between taking it seriously versus panicking versus blowing it off as if it was nothing. You never blow off any emerging infection when you don't know yet where it's going. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. All right, so I just arrived at one of DC's pop-up monkeypox vaccine stations. It's the first day they're opening um, this Friday at noon. I just drove by the actual center and the line curved around the block. I'd say about half half a block. I'd say about maybe 50, 50, 60 people um, who are lined up there to uh, get their monkeypox vaccine. Hi, I'm with the DMV Download Podcast from WTOP News. What brings you all here today? Uh, we're just trying to get our monkeypox vaccine. We're doing walk-ins. Yeah, same. <laughs> Today's the first day that DC is offering a pop-up vaccine center. Has that been helpful? Um, actually, yeah, because I kind of tried to make appointments like weeks or two weeks ago. And so this kind of was kind of lucky to be happening that I found on Twitter. And a couple friends were saying it. So it's kind of nice to just kind of walk in and finally get it without worrying a little bit. And are you all generally concerned, you know, about monkeypox in the D.C. area? Um, I mean, I've seen the numbers have gone higher uh, and things. So a little bit. I do work in nightlife uh, as a drag queen. And I'm also worried about my about that kind of stuff because I do work with like sweaty spaces or things and all types of people. So it's been kind of uh, interesting to through this experience for sure. Mm. And part of the conversation that I've been having with some experts, stigma is a, a big barrier here. Have you all have you felt that in your experience? <laughs> um, you know, there has been a lot of stigma, and especially with sex workers or people who work in nightlife or and things like that. So. I mean, it happens. It's been happening all over the world. Um, I mean, I, I even heard kids are getting them. So there shouldn't be no stigma. I mean, it's kind of like anything that we're, we're getting and have we experienced with COVID. But um, as long as we just keep it positive and just supporting each other, I think we can get keep going and just getting it through, I guess, for now. I'm Hazel Johnson, live in D.C., D.C. resident, Northwest. So, And this is a pop-up center that D.C. has done. Um, is that good for you as far as like accessibility and not needing to fill out a form? Yes, because actually we found out randomly that the city, like two days ago, that the city was even offering monkeypox vaccine. We looked it up 
and it was two blocks up the street from our house so very accessible for us at least i know that there's like two other locations um but you know the luck of the draw I, we were very happy that it was right up this you know very close to our house and are you generally concerned about monkeypox in the dc area no mainly because i don't know anyone who's caught it in the dc area but I mean, I'm going to protect myself as best as I can so that I don't have to worry. I have a lot of travel coming up, so I want to make sure I'm covered on all bases. Got it. Got it. And how would you kind of characterize the Bowser administration's rep response so far? It's, I think it's amazing that they're offering up to 300 free shots at each location every Friday. Um, I would say that it's very responsive because it's just now, what, two days ago, been declared an emergency by the U.S. government. So... I would say that they're doing more than I would expect this this soon. Uh, what's your first name? Eddie. Hey, Eddie. Um, what brings you here today? I came to get the monkeypox vaccination. And are you generally concerned about monkeypox? Um, yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, just to be precaution, and plus I live around elderly, and then even though the news says one thing, it looks like it's actually widespread, so it's not really geared to one group, so... I would just suggest go ahead and get it while you can. And do you think um, the city will be able to control the outbreak? Um, I don't know about that, but this is a good start. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. So, Luke, it seems like no one's really panicking out there, but what was the general vibe um, in the line? It's certainly a hot day to be standing in line outside. It was hot out there. Yes, it definitely was hot. But people were happy to be there because many of the people I spoke to, as you just heard, really, you know, tried to get appointments online and for schedule reasons yeah. or the online process just didn't work for them. And so having this pop-up location was so easy. And right now it's only on Fridays, but we'll see if that expands depending on, you know, how much vaccine they can get in D.C., um, and Hazel Johnson's impression was right. Compared to neighboring jurisdictions, D.C. is ahead of the curve when it comes to getting vaccines out there. It could also be because it has far more supply than Maryland and Virginia. So we're going to break this down for you guys if you're not in D.C. In Maryland, Governor Larry Hogan tweeted the need for the federal government to distribute more vaccines to states, quote, with urgency, as we've been calling for. Drill down a bit to Montgomery County. It's launched a pre-registration survey to identify residents who want to get the monkeypox vaccine and then they'll prioritize um, those people based on if they've already been exposed. In Prince George's County, the county executive, Angela Alsobrooks, told us she's planning to have a town hall on Monday to talk about the contagious virus. And she's also planning to share more information about vaccines. And now to Virginia. In Fairfax County, it says it's expecting to get additional vaccines next week and have an actual call center set up for at-risk individuals. And you can contact that number you know, if you've been exposed. In Loudoun County, there's an online screening form, and you can fill that out if you think you've been exposed. So you can be prioritized as they get vaccines there. And of course, just look to, you know, Google where you are in, in the local health department, and you can find out more information specifically on where you are. And despite all this information, there's still a lot unknown about this monkeypox virus, also called MPX. If you're curious, stick around. Coming up next, we talk to Dr. Anthony Fauci about it all. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602 changing lives. 
Thanks for listening to the DMV Download. If you like this show, give us five stars and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We love hearing from you guys, and your reviews really do help other listeners find this, our area's only in-depth daily local news podcast. And thank you for making us a part of your day. Despite the new public health emergency to monkeypox, we still don't know a lot about MPX. For example, where did it come from? And how long before other vulnerable populations can protect themselves with a shot? For answers, we look to the chief medical advisor to the president of the United States and local D.C. resident, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fauci, thank you for making the time for us. We appreciate you being here. My pleasure. Good to be with you. Thank you for having me. First things first, um, let's start with the timing of this declaration of a public health emergency. Why is uh, the Biden administration making this decision now? Well, it's very clear that we want to get all hands on deck, as it were. And I think the combination of having an all of government coordinated effort led by the uh, monkeypox coordinator and his deputy, together with the declaration of a public health emergency, I believe is going to sort of synergize all of the different elements in responding to this uh, significant and serious outbreak, which we take really very seriously. We don't want to panic people, but this is something you have to have an all hands on deck approach to. Mm. Mm, right. It's in the name emergency. And, you know, so former FDA head Scott Gottlieb has been a little critical of the U.S.'s response to monkeypox so far, saying we're actually at risk for monkeypox gaining a permanent foothold here. So are we at that sort of risk at this point? Is it uncontrollable or can we control it? We we certainly can control it. And that's the reason why you're seeing a lot of the activities being escalated that were already in place that are being escalated. For example, in the beginning, when the CDC was the only organization that had available tests, we had the capability of doing 6,000 tests per week. Hmm. We have now engaged at least five commercial firms so that that capacity is now 80,000 tests per week. We started off with 136,000 doses of the Genios vaccine available. We now have deployed over 600,000 with the goal of within literally a few days to a week to have 1.1 million doses available. That's still not as much as you want and that we need, but we are now accelerating the process of getting those doses of vaccine deployed. And then the third element is important is that we have a drug, T-pox, that is for the treatment of people with monkeypox. Early on, the nature of the approval of that drug would make it rather logistically difficult for an individual physician to expeditiously get the drug to a patient. Now, a considerable amount of that paperwork has been eliminated and we're looking towards making it even more easy for a physician to quickly get the drug without going through too many hoops that make it a disincentive to use the drug. And then finally, there's a very strong outreach to the community. So I think when you put all of those four things together, I believe we will be able to get control over this. I mean, obviously, it's still expanding. But I believe if we all pull together in a coordinated way, we will be able to get control of it. 
Speaking to the contagious nature of monkeypox, obviously most jurisdictions want to get their hands on as many vials of vaccine as they possibly can. Do you think the criticism of how the U.S. has rolled out the vaccine supply is fair? I know there's some, been some criticism of, hey, we have this emerging vaccine, but we've been late to get into, into vials. Some of it has expired. How do you respond to that? Well, you know, everybody asks that. How do you respond to criticisms? Criticisms will always be there no matter what you do. So since no one is perfect and no one does anything perfectly, there is always room for criticism. What you try to do is to address the justifiable criticisms. Right. There always are justifiable criticisms. And that's what the government tries to do. See what did not go as well as it should have and try to quickly correct it as opposed to spending a lot of time answering a question, what do you say about criticism? So That's rather fair. than trying to respond to criticism, why don't we do something about it? How about this? I'll, I'll rephrase my question. Would you have liked to have seen the monkeypox vaccine roll out faster than it did? I always like to see any countermeasure roll out faster than it did. No matter how fast it rolled out, I always wanted to see rolling out faster. And pivoting from this kind of at-risk community, let's zoom out to the more general public. This public health emergency, what does it mean for the general public? Should we, if we're outside that at-risk community, change how we live our daily lives? What does it mean for us? No, no. I mean, I think that question answers itself, Luke. You don't want to change how you live your life based on what's going on. You just need to be aware of what's going on, follow the evolution of the outbreak, and make any adjustments in behavior according to how the information rolls out. Right now, there's no reason to believe that someone who is not in a particular group demographically, where we know 98 to 99% of the cases are among men who have sex with men, we got to make sure we don't stigmatize that group because they happen to be unfortunately afflicted with it, mm. that's the worst thing in the world you could do is to start pointing fingers. But also you need to be aware that there is a possibility that it will spill over out of that group into other groups. We know, for example, that already there have been, I believe, five children who have been secondarily infected by what you would imagine was typical close skin-to-skin -skin contact with a child. Does that mean that every parent in the country needs to be terrified that that's going to happen to their child? Of course not. Of course not. But just pay attention to it. Don't brush it off as something that we don't have to pay attention to, but don't panic about it. Dr. Fauci, your name has almost become synonymous with COVID-19 information. So it's, it's interesting to me that we have now a new public health emergency and people kind of want to know where are we compared to where we were with COVID? I know they're two completely separate um, viruses, but is there any way to compare for people in this moment of how seriously they should take this? You know, you, you've got to really be careful when you say how seriously you take it. You take any emerging outbreak where you don't know all you need to know about it. You don't know what it limits are going to be. There's a difference between taking it seriously versus panicking mm -hmm. versus blowing it off as if it was nothing. You never blow off any emerging infection 
when you don't know yet where it's going. So you pay attention to it, you follow it, and you respond to it in an appropriate manner. But we just want people to be aware without panicking. Mm. Now, monkeypox is not a new virus. We've seen it before throughout history. Do we know why it's emerging in this outbreak is so persistent and widespread? The answer is we don't know, but we have some idea. It has been endemic in Central and Western Sub-Saharan Africa for some time, for a few decades. It emerged among that group following the discontinuation of smallpox vaccination as being a universal requirement because smallpox vaccination could protect against monkeypox. So when the entire world was vaccinated against smallpox, you saw very, very little monkeypox in Africa. Hmm. As the protection that was rendered by a smallpox vaccination became less and less as the years go by, then it emerged much more in sub-Saharan Africa. Then when you have that, there's the natural spillover from a animal to human spread, which was the primary way that monkeypox spread in sub-Saharan Africa, to the fact that you have someone and they were able to epidemiologically trace that someone was in sub-Saharan Africa, got infected, was a gay man, and went to one of the gay pride galas that occurred at various places several months ago. Hmm. And that's how it got introduced hmm. into a demographic group where if you look at the general practices of a group in the kind of galas where you have sexual partners, multiple sexual partners, that's the perfect setup for introducing it into a demographic group that otherwise you would have not seen it in that group. I know we're getting short on time. I wanted to pivot back to COVID if we can. We saw reports the CDC is expecting to release some updated guidance. We thought it was coming this week on how we can um, protect ourselves specifically around schools, possibly um, easing restrictions as far as social distancing. Um, Do you know when that's expected to come out? Have you heard anything about that and what stands out to you as far as the guidance and kind of this new phase of COVID that we're in? Well, it's still under discussion. I I think very likely we'll be seeing it come out in the next few days. I would imagine no later than the very early part. And so you've been under unbelievable demanding pressure and media attention you've had a big two and a half years. There have been discussions of, you know, you retiring, stepping back. Do you know when that will be? Well, no. Uh, (laughs) I, I discuss it frequently with my family about when I would decide to step down from my current position in the government. I think the misinterpretation that people have, whenever that is, and I don't know yet, uh, really, I'm in active discussion, it's not going to reflect retirement in the classic sense, because stepping down from a government position, there are still other things that I feel I can make a contribution to in the arena of public health and public education and the inspiration of young scientists. So when people say retire, that's when you see me wince a little. I don't know when I'm going to leave (laughs) federal government, but whenever I do and wherever I do, it's not going to be 
classic retirement. Well, I don't think anybody can say you don't deserve a break. Hopefully you can spend a little more time in Rock Creek at least because we know you love your walks. I will never give up my walks in the park. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Anthony Fauci, thank you so very much for your time today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Okay, before we go, I have a burning question. Yeah. Do you like peaches? I love peaches. Yeah, peach pie, peach cobbler. Okay, there is a peach fuzzstival going on this weekend. Nice. I love the name. At Great Country Farms out in uh, Bluemont, Virginia. I really want to go. I think I'm going to take our kids. They have a ton of stuff. They have like a ninja course. Mm. They have the giant slides for the kids. They have peach pie there. There's going to be a peach pie eating contest. Whoa. I might enter. Just you kidding. should. No, I don't know. I don't think I will. Um, <laughs> but I just, I'm into it. I just think I like getting out of the city, doing something different, being around little baby goats probably again. Mm. I'm all for it, man. I'm very it. excited about this. Wow. Yeah. My weekend plans are a little different. I'm I'm planning to go to the Art of Banksy, which is like the oh, world's yeah. largest collection of privately owned Banksy art in the world, as I said. Um, and it's in D.C. <laughs> worldwide. It, worldwide, yeah. The tickets are a little steep, like 45 to 55 bucks. Ooh. But it's like pretty limited. We're so spoiled in D.C., though. Like the stuff we can see for free. Yeah. No one ever wants to pay to go to see anything. But it makes sense. I mean, if they're having it at a private gallery, where is it? Where are they having it? Oh, yeah. So the Art of Banksy um, in Washington, D.C., it's taking place at Gallery Place in Chinatown, 709 7th Street, Northwest D.C. So it's a quick metro ride. Not too uh, not too bad. And it's right near the new library, the Martin Luther King Library, which I just visited, which is sick. If anyone's interested in starting their own podcast, they actually have a podcast studio in that new library in the basement. Oh, that's cool. So uh, honestly, I might go to the library after that to just get some free free things after spending $55. Just sit in the podcast booth on your weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Have some alone time. Boom. Okay. Well, that'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. I hope you guys have a good weekend. We are sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World. Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance, and follow us on social media. And while you're doing all those things, subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find out more about this podcast and become one of our VIP listeners at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in D.C., 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, online at WTOP.com and on the WTOP News app. Thanks for listening.